A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Triculture Podcast. As usual, we are Sean and we are Tom, and we have amalgamated in some way. But we have also been joined this week by our wonderful, lovely co-host, Ellie Littlejohn. Ellie, welcome back. How are you? Um, I'm not going to lie. Got a bit of a cold. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, but I can't entirely blame the slight change in my voice on that because someone, I'm not saying who, but someone may have uh, done a little bit of traveling and packed their laptop and packed their microphone and gosh darn it, wouldn't you believe, didn't pack the adapter. It's all up to me this week. I'm the only one that's going to push us through everybody. So (laughs) I actually, there's, I read some um, reviews of the podcast the other day, either on Apple or Google or something. There's not loads, but they're quite positive. Um, Everyone's really enjoying it. Uh, there was one comment that said they gave up listening after two episodes because they couldn't bear listening to me. So that's something to keep in mind. Oh. <laughs> Welcome what... to the life of... Yeah. The, the, this is the true life <laughs> working on podcasts and on the internet. People are mean. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know uh... what, Tom, I'm sorry you had to read that. Um, and also, I'm sorry those people don't enjoy the feeling of melted honey running down over their eardrums <laughs> because that's what your voice is. To that's nice. Maybe it's the, it's not the voice, but it's the words that they don't like. I think they find <laughs> me quite, um, you know, sorry, I fell asleep there. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get on with it. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the hot topic. All righty. I mean, Hot Topic this week is the long-awaited sequel to Garth Moringa's Dark Place. Uh, and little did we know it was going to take place on Ferenginar. I didn't realise that that's what the, the title was. I've been trying to figure out what that title means. Path Ferengi's Heart Place. That, that's so obvious to me. <laughs> it's, um, and and you know what? Like, I can see the look of panic in Ellie's eyes. I'm actually, <laughs> to be fair on you, Ellie, this is, Garth Moringa's Dark Place is this, super duper duper niche uh miniseries from like ages ago it's very funny um but it wouldn't exactly have the same like 
um, distribution as, I don't know, Star Trek, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. And also, I look, I went through the um, the Easter eggs course. I can't see anything that it's actually crossing over. It's literally just the name. Yeah. It was kind of like a millennial hipster sitcom to like. And I don't mean like the show is hipster or anything. It's just those types of people would have seen it because like you said, it's such like a, you know, you got the mighty boosh and then even more niche than that. You've got Garth Marenghi. Okay. I won't feel bad for not getting that reference then. (laughs) No, that one totally, totally fine. Cause even there was, there was a few people who were like, Oh my God, I can't believe people X didn't see this. Or why didn't see this. And other people who were just like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I'd say there's even more people who are just like, so you're going to talk about the episode now or what? Like, <laughs> I suppose what is the, as we say every week, you've heard my thoughts. Um, what did you both think of the episode? Um, I will be honest. I've said this before. Don't worry, Sean. I'm not going to go and break your golden rule right off the That's bat. That's okay. But I have been quite honest in the fact that lower decks in general is not really my vibe as such. So I know that um, I spoke with you guys about the first two episodes of season four. Um, and I clearly really enjoyed Tuvix because of the Voyager elements of it. So um, this one, I didn't enjoy as much, I'll be honest. But there were parts of it that I did enjoy. Um, for a start, I I knew who Rom was. And so I was like, okay, I get this bit. I understand the references here. I obviously know who the Ferengi are. And I really enjoyed the the kind of Ferenginar Vegas parallels. I really liked that. Um, and obviously the gags. I was saying this yesterday to my mum after I watched the episode. The thing I do like about Lower Decks is obviously kind of what it's most known for, I guess, the Easter eggs and the kind of references and the Star Trekness of it. I think just in general, I'm just not such a big fan of the kind of tongue-in-cheek silliness. But that is generally... I. I all things I don't those kind of young adult cartoons are just not really my jam. So that element of it, I'm like, Meh. but the these directs and stuff I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of get it because there's like with these types of shows, because it can be so wacky and anything can happen. The sort of stakes aren't as high because anything, like I said, anything could happen. Where in like a live action show, there's normally more limitations. There's more stakes. There's more like realistic sort of things i think that's what i'm the fan of i prefer kind of high drama more serious topics and not so much gripped by the kind of silly fast talking jokes yeah. <laughs> you know what actually as well like to be fair like i because I, I can hear myself being like oh, what about you know funny episodes of voyager of next gen whatever but while i i do love lower decks of course there is something to be said for it. You can enjoy a comedy episode that is in a flow of slightly more serious, like mm-hmm. next gen Cupid, for example, is in season four. Season four opens with fucking the best of both worlds. You know, um, DS9 trials and tribulations uh, is in a season where probably half the crew are killed and brought back 14 times. Um, like, it, you know, I can, if I can appreciate like enjoying the more serious tone and then having a kind of a respite, whereas then Lower Decks is, the entire thing is the respite. Now, we know, like, it has its serious moments. We know that it can do 
pathos in a very comedy friendly way. But yes, I can appreciate when it's just like, okay, and it's more slapstick and it's more slapstick and it's more slapstick. And I get that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that is you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, I do. Don't get me wrong. There are episodes of of the other series that I'm like, oh, that one was a funny one. Bride of Chaotica is a good example, and I'll get to that in a second because there was an Easter egg you missed, Sean, and I noticed it. Oh, don't worry, the internet <laughs> has informed me. I missed all of the Easter <laughs> Yeah, but I think the episodes of Lower Decks that I have seen because I've only seen season four um, is. I broke the rule. <laughs> but um, the episodes that I preferred are the ones with the more serious tone. So I think maybe was it episode three where the stakes were higher um, and the episode on Orion, the stakes were slightly higher as well, I think, as opposed to the episode with the, the Betazoids or, or this one, for example. Um, and also, I would agree with your point, Sean, um, with Mariner's story. Um, and where it's gone. And I know you've had a lot of backlash about your opinions on that. <laughs> I have. And actually, and I want I want to address that because not only do I want to completely agree with myself, but I want to double down. But I also want to say, I I hear, I see um, the, the comments that are talking about, you know, the journey of PTSD and the journey of depression and the journey of growth is not a straight line. And I... I agree. I know this 100%. My issue is, is that we've got to a stage where, because because I think of the tone of this show as well, if we bear that in mind, because this is the comedy show, this is the, you know, this is the, you know, what kind of wacky hijinks we do that. It, it verges on, and here's season four as Mariner goes off the rails episode. Mm-hmm. So that, And then there will be season five, as opposed to, Right, okay, yeah, we can see that X led to Y led to Z, you know? Whereas I thought the episode uh, with the Menagerie was a brilliant take on that. Whereas, like, hang on, boom, we've got growth. We've got, literally, it just takes Ransom going, you know, I've got your back. No, 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 you're going you're to fire me. You're going to face me. No, I've got your back. And she went, oh. And yes, I appreciate that this is a new thing for her. This is new territory. Um. But as I say, it's just that, and we had season three's version, and we had season two's version. You know, I, if so, sorry, I was just going to say, I almost feel as if, um, I mean, again, the last two episodes that I spoke about, the, um, the Menagerie episode was one of them, and I felt like it was just kind of a repeat of the same situation, which, from what you're saying, is something that happens quite often. But I feel like if this was the direction this episode was going to go in, there needed to be more of an addressing of the fact that she's kind of relapsed. But rather than do that, it was just the same thing again, but not an acknowledgement of, oh, I was doing so well and now I've gone backwards. It was more a case of, it's just the same again, but you can acknowledge that there are step, there are times when you, you take a step back and you regress a little bit, but you also acknowledge that in yourself that you're like, oh, I've gone back a bit and I need to push myself forward again. Whereas this didn't do that. It just kind of was a repeat again without acknowledging that extra recognition of I was progressing and I've relapsed slightly, but I'm going to keep moving. And even on that as well, like Quimp does, you know, sort of throw a bit of uh, cold water on her, but even that final scene, she just seems more annoyed than anything. As you say, there's no growth in this episode. 
And that's why it was frustrating. It was because, and again, I can, I I promise I'm not being disrespectful when I say I can hear the comments. But what I mean by that is that we have seen Lower Decks episodes with Mariner where in the course of the 20 minutes, we get growth. And this just seemed like you can send her on a wacky adventure without it having to do with X or Y. Um, And I think the one thing that if I'm not editing my ups and downs, but I might add another down, which is uh, Quimp goes, oh, I see an extra pip on your thing. She goes, yeah, for now. I'm like, Ransom has directly held you against a bulkhead and said, I'm not demoting you. Mm -hmm. I think also when you compare... You're just saying, you know, she doesn't have to go on on a mission and it have to be about that. Then when you compare that with Boimler and how he actually did the complete opposite of what's expected of him. And, and, and then when you compare the two, you're like, well, one of them has kind of done what you expect or the, what, what you don't expect. And that's why it's good. Whereas the other one, it just kind of stayed the same. And so it kind of really put, highlighted the fact that there was no change there because there was change in Boimler. If I could just add something as well. I normally say that I don't really watch the ups and downs till after the podcast because I want your fresh take, blah, blah, blah. But I um, really like this episode and it might be my favourite so far this season for reasons I'll get into. But I was interested to see what you gave downs because the one thing that I didn't like was the Mariner story. Um, and the, the fact that I saw that the one down you gave was the Mariner story, I was like, okay, cool. We both have the same idea on this and then i saw all the comments all saying the exact same thing blah blah that you know you have both just spoken about i agree with you i'm 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 very much on your side i think it's it's easy to be like you know you know it's yes people relapse and this is a normal thing that happens and blah blah blah. the fact is they didn't do it in an interesting way and that's the problem you can relapse and you can go back to this and it is a difficult thing to suddenly just change you know people don't just suddenly go from this to that but like you said, we've we've had this Mariner for three and a half seasons, basically. Um, and now she's had something different. We can do something different with her. And we fill a whole episode of her just being the usual self, you know, destruct, self-destructive kind of person. That's not interesting to watch, at least in the way they did it. And it felt like a waste of time. And it felt it made me sort of annoyed with her. And not annoyed in like a, oh, I'm annoyed, I want this character to change. Annoyed in like a, this is just wasting my time kind of way. And the other thing I want to say with that is that, yes, like thematically and like, you know, written down on paper, her relapsing and going back to the way she was is interesting. But in practice and how they did it, it was not interesting. And I think that's the difference. Like something can be thematically interesting, but boring to watch. And that's what this was. And I and I also want to say, you know, that can be on the flip side. Like I spoke a lot about how in Strange New Worlds, there was the episode that ended where someone was killed and we weren't we weren't shown it and you didn't see. And we had different opinions on that. And I said how like, you know, thematically I really liked it because it was taking away the power from the audience, and that's what the whole episode was about. But you I mean, I'm maybe putting words in your mouth, but you were like, well, yeah, but it wasn't interesting to me to watch, right? I didn't find it enjoyable in any way of like, I get that's what they're doing, but I actually wanted some sort of physical thing to actually enjoy at the end. So it can work both ways, do you know what I mean? And people, maybe there's a lot of people that thematically enjoyed this, but we didn't. For us, it was just sort of a waste of time. 
I think so by the sounds of it, I think all three of us were on the same boat. Um and and yeah, and and like that, if Mariner's story, I, I say this every week, if Mariner's story was your favorite part of the episode, I'm delighted. Because if you enjoyed it at all, I'm delighted. Do you know that's that's the big thing about these. And and I realize it, it all sounds very serious this morning. That is because, you know, Tom has dialed his enthusiasm up to 90, whereas me and Ali are both a little bit scared. <laughs> but I actually really enjoyed the episode for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I should say, like I said, yeah. one of my favorite episodes. Um, yeah, lots of things I really liked. I liked, I love, I love, the, I think the older I'm getting, the more that I like the Ferengi as well. When I sort of first watched the Ferengi, I kind of found them annoying a bit, but I think the more I watch them, the more I get them and I, I enjoy the, the funny side of them and I enjoy how their culture works. Obviously, Rom was great to see Rom again. And um, I can't, I always forget her name. I always want to call her Lita. Nita, yeah. Lita. Lita. Rom and Lita obviously is great. I'm on a podcast with two people who've never watched DS9. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched DS9, just nowhere near as much as you. <laughs> well, that is, that is. That Sean, is you just broke your own rule. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God darn it. <laughs> For those of you who are confused, I was told before we started recording that I wasn't allowed to mention that I haven't seen all of Star Trek. Yeah. Sean's just done it for me. <laughs> Not only have you broken the rule, but you've shone a light on the pain. <laughs> <laughs> the You've had your cake and eaten it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I really liked... Here's the sort of two things, bit, like little parts I really liked. I don't know why. I loved seeing the Ferengi guards like rushing with the whips to get Boimler. I found that so funny for some reason. Just It was so needlessly aggressive and I just loved it. I love it. He's just like, it's okay, Lieutenant. Just go limp. What? Like, <laughs> oh. and, and who doesn't love seeing the return of those amazing electric bed whips? Yeah. We're talking season one next generation here. This is, this yeah. is OG Ferengi. And that that's the good thing with lower decks is that they can do that. They can give us the Ferengi we know and then be like, oh yeah, do you remember the whips? We've got the whips again. So I like that. And the second joke that I really liked was another just sort of throwaway one towards the beginning when he says, I've got to, I've had to write it down here. Um Lieutenant Junior grades, Lieutenant Junior's grade, <laughs> Lieutenant's junior grade. <laughs> that really made me laugh. Because I feel like, as uh, you know, all of us are writers in some perspective, like some way, we we can understand that. Like, wait, how do you write this sentence? Like, suddenly being completely confused. <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely feel that. <laughs> it's true. Like, I have no idea how to pronounce it properly. So, whatever way we decide today, we're right, and we're probably wrong as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to say Lieutenant Junior Grades. I would say lieutenant's junior grade. I don't then, know. But, but there would there need to be a a, a, um, a comma there? I, I don't know. Then, of course, there's the other one as well, where just as a channel, we've never really addressed this. Lieutenant junior grades. I've never understood what, what, when you say what. Is it like, is lieutenant the English? Like the British? Basically, this side of the pond. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've, uh, we've been saying it, we've been Americanized basically, because we yes. all say Lieutenant. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, because we grew up with Star Trek, um, you know, and, and it's that's how it was said. And then all the you know, Battlestar Galactica is the same thing. Uh, and it's funny that I have jokes with people who have, you know, or just this side of the pond, or have served 
in the armed forces and they're like you know i was talking about lieutenant lieutenant you knew what i meant do you know what it's funny you say that because um we were watching some tos last night and we had this really long discussion because we couldn't work out what like when they say yeoman mom was like what's a yeoman then and i was i was like trying to explain trying to google because i was like i'm not entirely sure but kind of like i think it's more like a job description as opposed to a rank but i don't not entirely sure and then Yeomans seem to disappear after TOS, don't they? Like, do we have yeomans after that? <laughs> I can't think of a yeoman. I think, I think but I think like it's it, they're only kind of yeah, it's TOS era because I think they are mentioned in like Discovery and Strange New Worlds, but that would still be the same era. Mm. Um, I don't recall there being any in Next Gen through to Enterprise. No, uh, I think we did a video like uh, years ago about this sort of thing, but I, I can't remember. We got confused. And then I was trying to explain, it's like, yeah, but like chief is like a title as opposed to the rank, but a chief can still be a, a lieutenant. And my mum was like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. And I was like, let's just let's just accept it. <laughs> chief's, chief's even more confustigating because you can have uh, Geordie the Forge was the chief engineer who is an officer and carries a rank of lieutenant commander in Next Generation, <laughs> right? But then you have Miles O'Brien, who is the chief of operations of Deep Space Nine, but he's not an officer. So his ranking system is different. There's petty officer, chief petty officer, but it only comes <laughs> up really when you have episodes like, um, like we, well, I watched one last night from season four. Uh, Tom, you might remember Crossfire, Shakar comes to DS9 for since, since becoming first minister for the first time. And the senior officers are stood there in their dress uniform. And there's Miles O'Brien. And of course, he's got no rank on his uniform. And um, he's kind of joking with Julian. Going, I don't know why I'm here. I'm not a senior officer. And you're like, you literally make the station work. Yeah. Like, yeah. like without you, nothing, none of this has anything to do with the episode. But I just thought it's really interesting. And here we are. <laughs> no, but it is though. It's funny how you kind of go senior officers because I had this discussion as well. How you can be like senior officers, but then you've got like Ensign Kim, who is like on his first his first away mission or his first like deep space mission, and yet he's on the senior staff. And you're like, how does this work? <laughs> There's a list in ten best tangents this podcast has taken, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I I really want to work on that one, but. <laughs> Um, because Harry Kim, that's a whole other thing. With me. <laughs> to then go to go back into the episode, uh, I want to go into like stuff I really, really enjoyed. And you mentioned Tom. You mentioned Boyner there a second ago. I loved that whole uh, that whole storyline of him. Just like I have enjoyed because I'm not going to lie, I have arrived in a hotel room before with a full itinerary for the day and ended up just watching TV. Yeah, yeah. No, I related to that like. Right, I'm going to do all this stuff, you know, the first day of a holiday, blah, blah, blah. And you go, oh, so we just stay in today and do stuff tomorrow. <laughs> like, just being <laughs> stuck indoors. So I like that. You two would not enjoy coming on holiday with my family. We don't do it like that. It's I like the, the room is where we sleep and now get out. <laughs> don't put that TV on. With Boimler, it's, it's good because he's always going to get something wrong in some way. Either he's going to try really hard and because of that, something's going to go wrong or he's going to get distracted by something completely else and not do the thing that he was going to try really hard at and then go wrong. But then usually, again, it, it ended up going right. Like he was praised for 
for not doing the things he was going to do in the end anyway. So it all worked out. And I feel like with Boimler, I sort of constantly feel sorry for him and I want him to do well. So the fact that he didn't get like told off for just watching TV all day, I was quite happy with. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's good. I'm glad he's not getting told off. <laughs> I love that. It's like, and Ratsy going like, I'm proud of you, you know, kind of step out of the the rigid planning that you always do. You, you know, do something different. And the thing is, though, that show, Cop Landlords, You Just Lost Your Deposit, is so scary as to how life has really become yeah. <laughs> since the Ferengi were invented back in season one of The Next Generation. I think like they were meant to be this almost comically frightening, you know, how things go. Whereas now it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe that show has just been commissioned to uh, take Prodigy's time slot um, <laughs> yeah. on, uh, on Paramount. And it was just like, oh, no, the Ferengi were never supposed to be role models. Ever. <laughs> um, I loved I, the, sorry, I was just going to add to the end of that. I loved the little Ride of Chaotica Easter egg at the end of Landlord Cops. At the end, question mark. <laughs> Which you didn't, well, I don't know, maybe you did pick it up, but it definitely wasn't, it wasn't in Cetacean Observations. And I was like, oh, I've noticed something. It wasn't something. in Cetacean Observations. <laughs> this, 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 this is true. This is true. It, 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 it was not. Uh, I was waiting to see if you picked up it now. <laughs> I literally ran downstairs. I was like, Mum, Mum, I know it's an Easter egg that Sean didn't. <laughs> uh, I really like the, I guess it would be, I don't know if it's the A plot, um, but it was the Rutherford and Tendy stuff, which I feel like was kind of the main bulk of the of the episode. How did we feel about that? Oh, I, I, I loved it because I love that the joke isn't will they, won't they? The joke is they never will, and that's why it's funny. Like they are platonic. That's the that's why it's funny. So this we're not going to have this. Oh, maybe if you put them in the right situation, they were in the right situation, and they have been before, and presumably will be again. But it. <laughs> Excuse me. I am allergic to the idea of Rutherford and Tendy ever becoming more than the brilliant. Uh, like duo that we are like that gag at the end had me in stitches where they get into the Jeffrey's tube and all you can see is you know two pairs two, two feet pointing up two feet pointing down <laughs> you see Tendy going ah this just makes sense like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes it does in the wacky world of Lower Decks this absolutely does make sense that situation felt quite relatable actually I mean I've generally in my life had closest friendships with with men and with guys and so I kind of get that situation where people always assume that if there's a, a male female friendship it must somehow mean a relationship um, in particular, my best friend at uni, we were both drama students and we were very close. People assumed we were together. We weren't. We were just very, very close friends. Um, and we had to do a, a scene together where we were, uh, I think, he proposed or something. It was the most awkward thing I think we've ever had to do together because even though we're really, really close friends and you know we're very comfortable with each other, as soon as you put that kind of romantic spin on something that just... It it does. It just puts like a barrier up. It's very strange. So I kind of felt that whole that whole situation was quite relatable. <laughs> What's your favourite bit, Tom? I think I already said. I think the the Ferengi coming in of the whips at the end of Boimler, and and the the stupid joke about how to to pronounce those words properly. Um, <laughs> I I just I vaguely I like the whole thing. I tell you what I did uh, like was the um, 
Quarks Federation experience bar and grill i love i mean i mentioned earlier that like the whole of frenganar is like a vegas allegory and obviously that was kind of like a nod to the the vegas star trek experience um which i know the show didn't call me right the hell out there ellie why don't you well i thought it straight away so obviously was it i mean the answer is i have absolutely no argument (laughs) <laughs> um, and I was there. I was I was so micro. I was like, okay, what's this table? This table? This table? That if I just pull back for a second, I was like, oh my god, it's, it, it is the experience. Um, I, if I I could I could try and give you an excuse. I'm just going to blame my own ridiculous jealousy for never having got to visit. I know. That's I'm what kind I'm of, do. again I'm blocked it out of my head. I'm kind of sad that. I'm glad that Star Trek is now such a big part of my life. But I almost I'm sad that I missed out on things when they were a thing. I mean, I I looked up the the, the Star Trek experience because I just was interested. Um, I'm going to show my age here because it literally opened the year I was born, <laughs> um, and closed not really that long ago in the grand scheme of things when you think about it. Although it probably was actually just to me, 2008 doesn't feel that long ago. But <laughs> I was just about to finish my degree. <laughs> in 2008 well uh, it's fine it's just to clarify fine. I wasn't born in 2008 that's when it closed not when it opened <laughs> um, yeah that's true actually that's true yeah even sorry I forgot that for a second as well right thank you for reminding I me I wasn't was born a, in 2008 really <laughs> I was like oh that would goodness, make me like... maybe not I shouldn't be doing this job <laughs> <laughs> I was in year 8 in 2008 because I was born in 1996 every year of school was the year that it was so I was in year one in 2001. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sean. I was I was I left I was 10 years old in 2008. 10 years old. <laughs> I was born before the Berlin Wall came down. Fuck. <laughs> um, back to Star Trek. What I was going to say is I really liked, I mean, I mentioned this earlier, the part of Lower Decks that I do like is when the references and the Easter eggs, and I know that sometimes they can be really niche. And we spoke about how in the Menagerie episode, I knew all these things were references to things, but they were so niche that they went over my head. Whereas this, I I got most of the references to that, you know, the the Spock waiter, um, the, the Next Generation theme tune, like that was a scene where I could really sit there and pick things apart and go, oh, they've got that there and that's there and this is a reference to that. So I I enjoyed that scene. The Easter egg that I am proud for for having for having missed what I missed, Mayor Culpa. The one I'm proudest forgetting is the uh, Taurus Two Anthropoid from the episode The Galileo Seven, which was the Sasquatch looking creature holding the spear, um, mm-hmm. because there was never really any clear shot of it. It was only the makeup test kit that they based this one off. Thank you, Internet, for that one. <laughs> I'm just like, it has to be something. I know we, we never had a Yeti. I know that. I mean, look at that. That's original series. But God, is it, you know, return to yesterday or return to tomorrow or something like that? Very proud of myself. So that's it. Because I got that one, I am excusing myself from missing the flipping Star Trek experience. <laughs> I just want to say, Ellie, for someone who's ill at the moment, your hair is amazing. I think that's because I've been ill for the last three days and it's been in plaits for Uh, (laughs) all those days because I couldn't be asked to dry it when I got out of the shower. (laughs) I normally do something with my hair before the podcast, but I thought if it's Ellie and Sean, they can just have bad (laughs) hair. I don't care. Uh, Tom, may I just say, for someone who is not ill in any way, your hair is wonderful today. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, I normally have to use all my snot to style it and then... 
No. Um, <laughs> it keeps the bills down. Yeah. Hey, I watched all the very shorts this morning, and uh, that's just worryingly similar. Oh yeah. Worst contact. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that in a minute. For now, shall we rate this episode? I think I said this the first time we rated them. I find it really difficult to know how to rate lower decks because it's so different from anything else, and I'm not a huge fan of it in general. Um, so I looked back over what I gave the first two to try and give myself a little bit of a ballpark. So I'm going to give it a five, which feels mean, but I feel like for the elements of it that I really did enjoy, I liked that. But just because of the nature of Lower Decks and and not being a big fan of it, it's kind of like I sit there and watch it and I don't find myself laughing out loud very much. But I also don't dislike it as such. It's just on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And like I said, two Vicks, I knew from the very beginning that that one was going to be my highest rated episode of any of Lower Decks just because of the nature of it. So nothing's ever going to get as high as that one. <laughs> I think I think I'm in a similar boat as you. Like um, I, I I do like Lower Decks, and there's a few episodes normally every season that I really enjoy, but there's a lot of episodes that I'm just sort of I'm in the middle with most of the time, mm. and I always want to like it more than I do. Um, but for some reason, I really like this episode, and uh, I've given it a strong seven which is the highest score for this season so far for me. Um, and it, I think it could have even got like a light eight, but the Mariner stuff sort of brought it down a bit. With the Mariner stuff, you know, now we've had this, they can't do this again this season, because if they do, it will be a waste of time, unless yes. they do something interesting with it in some way. So I'll be thinking, it'll be interesting to see what they do with her from now on. Like if they're going to just continue doing this, then what's the point? Don't Don't bring up that she's changed. So, um, yeah. I'm giving it a strong six. Um, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, loads of ups. Um, the Mariner one, yeah, that brought it down for me. Um, the PTSD I have of never having been to the experience seriously brought it down. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, it was it was fun. It, I, I enjoyed it. Um, great to hear Max Wilenschik back. Great to hear Chase Masters back. Probably had more to do in this episode than she did in half DS9. Yeah. Um, and oh, there was some. Okay, just before we move on, just really quickly, there was some people um, I saw online took issue with the fact that it was Rom that was sort of playing them. Uh, you know, I was well, Lisa was the one doing the heavy lifting there, but um, I thought no, I thought the end saved it. The fact that he was testing them to see yeah. that you know, do they respect the fact that Ferengi? You know, they. Rom is not the best businessman in the world, nor has he ever been. But he was shrewd enough to let somebody else look at the fine bridge. And I thought that was great. I don't know. Maybe maybe that didn't come across as well to everyone, um, which is fine. I, I thought that was that was the gag. So I'm just sitting here nodding and then just suddenly clocked in my brain that, Ellie, you're on a podcast. No one can see you. You actually have to say things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> but yes, I'm nodding in agreement. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Before we move on, uh, let's uh, let's cover... The, the the most recent very short track, uh, which is the final one in the series of short tracks, which means as well, uh, yes, we will now do an ups and downs episode for the full the full whack. Walter <laughs> one, it was good. Um, That's about it. Is <laughs> it? Isn't it? I don't want to sound like the grumpy one this like for these, but I feel like. With the mixture of these and my thoughts on Lower Decks as a whole, I feel like I sound like a real negative ninny. But hey, take the pressure off me, please. Yeah, I mean, I do. I think maybe it's just 
there's a similar kind of vein to both of those shows or both of those kind of formats where it's again just very overly silly and I just am not a big fan of the silly um I would say that out of all of them I mean my favorite one was um holograms all the way but I would say that walk don't run was probably my second favorite in as much as no one can see this apart from you two so I will describe my face but I literally just sat watching all of them just like just completely I didn't laugh (laughs) I just just looked at the screen a couple of times I even pulled a face like oh my god really this is (laughs) this is (laughs) this is the celebration of Star Trek animation Ooh, poet and I didn't even know it (laughs) yeah I just (laughs) I don't know it just felt I don't I don't know what the words are. I just I f- was quite excited for this kind of celebration and I just was a little bit disappointed that the direction they decided to go in for all of these was more of a mockery than a celebration in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry. We we didn't like most of them either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we we liked the hologram one. I think everyone did because it was actually good. Um this this latest one, I didn't realize it was the last one, so that makes sense because I thought like Oh, this just feels like an advert, but now I understand because it's the last one. So they're kind of being like, you know, this is what this is about. Go watch the animation. Um, I didn't dislike it, nor did I like it. Mm. This one to me felt a bit like a fever dream. I was kind of just watching it going, uh, what? <laughs> it was just kind of strange. I suppose like in in its own way, I thought it was very animated series. You know, we mm. and we break into a song, and and but it felt fun, carefree. Like this was the silly one that I found completely inoffensive. Yeah, it was silly without yeah. being gross or annoying. It, it precisely. Uh, whereas holograms all the way down, I thought was a really good celebration of all the different types of. You know, how do you get them all into the one thing without just kind of breaking the bank when it comes to uh, money? But um. Whereas this one, I thought, no, this is silly. I probably will, you know, watch this one again. Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll watch them all again for the ups and downs. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I agree with you, Ellie. I think what could have been a celebration of animated Star Trek became, certainly became a damp squid. Um, and just the humor was so off for for, for a few of them. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, yeah I mean some people find that sort of stuff really funny I just personally I'm just I'm not about the kind of overly silly humor um I will say I did like the obviously the kind of whole music part of this this um walk don't run I liked the way they incorporated all the different kind of sounds the Star Trek sounds that element of it I was like okay this is what feels a little bit more like what the rest of them should have been don't get me wrong it was still pretty silly but at least that kind of made it feel a little bit more like they've thought about this one a bit more rather than going what silly like jokes can we make here that just feel like a five-year-old made them up <laughs> well that was our review of the short tricks <laughs> i also i also feel like i i like that holograms all the way incorporated prodigy in there and we've spoken about how this is supposed to be a celebration of star trek animation and they've kind of completely sidelined Prodigy, and I have a feeling that the fact that they were included in that particular episode may have had a lot to do with the fact that it was written by Aaron Walkey. Um, but this final one, I feel like it, they incorporated everyone except Prodigy again, and it f- it felt quite 
like there was something missing because it was the final one and everyone else was there. No. Shall we now get to the news? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. For over two centuries, you're listening to the Federation News Network. So the news is, uh, I am about to sound like the oldest fuddy-duddy in the planet. (laughs) So the new Boldly B campaign has finally launched. This is the collaboration between Star Trek and Scott Muscudi, who I am told with good authority is best known as Kid Coody. Um, So this involves, so we've seen some actually pretty damn cool promo uh, images out there. Um, It looks great in the Strange New Worlds getup. Uh, there will be, I think, an additional mission in Fortnite where um, he will be playing a character. Fortnite, I am told, the younger generation enjoy. <laughs> um, I, I think it's like, no, 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 that's no, that's my character. Um, and then there is also a song called Heaven's Galaxy, which will be dropping, I think, I think it's October 12th, which was written by Cootie and inspired by his own Trekkie journey growing up. Um, listen, I've just shown my own level of knowledge when it comes to a lot of this, but I actually have a really positive outlook on this because of the... Oh, there's also streetwear, which has been getting shared a lot online as well, because, listen, as a cosplay enthusiast, probably not going to end up in my wardrobe, but it's bright, it's colourful, it's got Star Trek all over it. Why not? You know, um, if this brings new, younger viewers into Star Trek, I'm on board. You know, the worst thing that any franchise can do is allow itself to go stale. Um, and again, I hear the clickety clackety. Give me Star Trek Legacy. You know, give me give me more of that. I love it to bits and everything. Got to do something, which is why I'm so excited for Star Trek uh, Starfleet Academy. You've got to do something new. You've got to do something to bring in new viewers because 
eventually I'm old, I'm going to die at some point. And then we're down a viewer, you know, and eventually if you, if you just keep pandering, you're going to end up with a, you know, increasingly smaller um, viewer pool. Now, Tom, you'll, as someone who will die long before I will, uh, <laughs> what do you think about this? Um, well, I wouldn't bet on that because my body is made of silly strings. So uh, I don't think I've got long left, but yeah, I think it's fun. I, I agree. I think I've sort of said before, my introduction to a lot of Star Trek stuff was through like the Simpsons and things like it is a iconic thing that gets used in pop culture. So have people that are in different worlds, different genres um, that have different audiences talk about Star Trek. It, it helps get the message through to other people the message the message of star trek um so i'm all i'm all for it and i did see the clothing and it's not for me but it might be for some people it it kind of looks like the sort of thing people in demolition man would wear so <laughs> if that's your vibe then go right ahead but on the plus side which we were going to mention before we kind of got distracted is that patrick stewart's memoir is now available is <laughs> <It's> now out <laughs> yeah and I've heard people say good things about it, so I'm sure it is an interesting read. And, and I will I, say, I, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off there. I just will say, um, if you have Spotify Premium, or audiobooks are available on there now, and if you have Premium, um, it is available in audiobook form on Spotify. Yes, I think the audiobooks, you get like a certain amount of hours every month to listen. It's not like you can't you can't just listen to everything. It's like they give you a certain amount with the amount you pay, and you can yeah. listen to that. I just I tell you that I'm just very annoyed because I subscribe to Audible to get certain audiobooks yeah. and pay for Spotify and now all the things I paid for on Audible are available to me on Spotify which I already pay for. But Audible does have lots of like things that are solely on Audible. So that's always yes, something that's to keep in mind. <laughs> We've got gone off on a little tangent. A couple again. of nerds <laughs> talking about books here. Okay. What's what's up next? <laughs> is that next we are going to take something beloved and loved, which I believe are the same word, uh, by all of the fandom, but not by Ellie, because we're going to take a trip to Cargo Bay 101. As I said, we've been watching some of the original series, and the other day we watched the episode Friday's Child. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. I find the character of Dr. McCoy. I really enjoy him. I like his dry humor. I love the banter he has with Spock. I think he's a great character. What I did not like, and what I never, ever, ever want to witness ever again, is the moment that Dr. McCoy bent over a baby and went, Oochie, woochie, coochie, choo. Because it was the weirdest, the most cringeworthy thing I think I've ever witnessed. The baby looked like it was about to cry its eyes out. It felt creepy. It felt weird. And also just felt really out of character for Dr. McCoy, who's usually so dry and quite often serious. And I just, you need to watch this. Just in case you haven't seen it in a while, I just need you to remember. No, that's not the way to handle it. Here, like this. Here, take his little head like that. There. Arm in a, that's it. See how easy? An obscure Earth dialect, Mr. Spock. If you're curious, consult linguistics. I don't even think that's him saying it. 
no, it's, it's just it's so, so sounds built. out of place. Yeah, it's weird. It's just. Look, I know that you have to give a little bit of license to TOS for the, the time it was made and all those things. And generally I do. I mean, I watched literally Kirk take out a massive soldier with a pillow the other day, but I'll let it slide because it's it's the 60s. That felt so many ways wrong. <laughs> it was like um, weirdly overdubbed by, I think, somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Possibly Leonard Nimoy, who then immediately goes, Coochie, coochie, woochie, coochie. <laughs> That's funny. I wouldn't lose a put. That was so, like, oh, uncanny value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But I, I can like, I accept that some things are weird, but that just was weird on a whole new level and just made me cringe in ways I've never cringed before. <laughs> okay, that you tells said me other... I need to up my cringe game. But, uh, <laughs> you was... said the other week, Sean, how you hadn't seen Twin Peaks. Well, that's very Twin Peaks. That's not a sales pitch. it's full of stuff like that where you go what's going on why is this happening right well for me that's an easy decision but before we activate the door just want to say big up julie newmar guest starring in uh, the original series here um because everyone of uh, a certain age and perhaps a certain orientation will remember the incredible uh film to wong fu thanks for everything julie newmar which is an incredible film, and everyone should watch it if you haven't seen it already. Judy Newmar, one of the original uh, Catwomen from the 1960s Batman. Hmm. Oh, yeah, there was like uh, two, wasn't there? I think. Uh, three. Because uh, right. we had Lee Merriweather, who also guest starred in Star Trek, and Eartha Kitt, who is still yeah, of one course. of my favourite Disney villains of all time. Crunk, pull the lever! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong lever! <laughs> but yeah, I am... Um, I am absolutely fine with that not being a thing. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you are so welcome. You thought I was going to do something. Actually, I'll tell you, listeners, um, that when I said, "Oh, I've got a great, I've got a great uh, Cargo Bay 101," Sean immediately went, "What kind of JC shipper thing is going to go into Cargo Bay 101?" I went, "Actually, you guys are going to be so proud of me because I found something really niche." <laughs> yeah. I am. You, didn't, you didn't throw away seven of nine for getting in the way of your. <laughs> let's not even go there. Like, let's, let's not even. We could be okay, here for okay, a long okay. time. <laughs> what would happen if um, they finally did get together at the end and they're about to embrace and kiss? And then Jacoti goes, Gucci, 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 Gucci. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll press the button. He can go out of cargo bay. <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gucci, <Mario. laughs> okay, I think for safety's sake, I'm just going to slam my hand down on this button now. Goodbye, <laughs> moment of Star Trek. We, we, we are. Would we like to hear from our audience? Yes, I have a couple of questions here for the hashtag Ask Trek Culture segment. They're both kind of related. And the first one's not really a question, but I I saved it because I was going to mention this myself. And then I saw this person mentioned it. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll mention it in this segment. Uh, this is from at Keith. I want to say Case Bone or Case Bon. I'm not too sure. And it's not a question, it's this. 
Star Trek Lower Decks is visiting more strange new worlds than Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Changed my mind. And I thought that during this episode, and I was like, yes. Why is a show that's called Strange New Worlds not visiting any Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks, which is about the Lower Decks, visiting loads of Strange New Worlds? I mean, there's obviously one is an animation, so you can look at any and you can go anywhere you want. So that obviously does help. But as as I've, as I've said before, don't call your show Strange New Worlds if you're not going to do that. That's like calling a show Voyager and it's not set in Voyager or DS9 and it's not set on DS9. Like I've, uh, people have been on, on this podcast before and argued against me for that reason, but I disagree with them. I think it's very, very stupid. Call it something else. Just love the way you speak, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, I have no notes. <laughs> yeah, good point. Well, something I'm, I'm very passionate about. <laughs> Next question, if we have time. Yeah, we got one last question here, uh, vaguely related. This is from our friend at Wayne Voto. Uh, for our Trek culture, what strange new world would you like any of the Trek series or movies to visit? Looking forward to this week's Trek culture podcast, like always. Thanks, Wayne. Uh, Thanks, yeah. Wayne. If there was a strange new world, what would you like? I don't know if that could be something completely made up or something that's a world we've not seen yet. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. I would like, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, of planets we haven't seen before but heard lots about. Obviously, I don't know how they'd do it. Maybe Prodigy might have been a better better place for this, but um, we never saw Talax, did we? We heard lots about the Talaxians, but we never saw the planet. I mean, I know there was a war and stuff, but... <laughs> the closest we got in memory is that uh, I don't think we visited the moon of Reinar. Uh, and I might be getting their name wrong, but the, the moon where they detonated the Metrian Cascade. Um, but no, I don't think they actually visited Talax itself. No, they were always kind of heading away from it. And I know there was obviously a whole backstory of war and destruction and things but in some form i would quite i would be really intrigued to see what neelix remembers or in some form where he came from i would like to visit zen Kepi. was it where sorry uh the i think i think it's the zen Kef home world because there was a war between the federation and zen Kefi that it's mentioned a couple of times but we never actually see it um, like there's one episode of DS9 where the whole plot is the Defiant has been locked on uh, a course for Zenketh and it's uh, by a changeling and everything. It just seems interesting. And also, I'm pretty sure the Zenkethi are non-humanoid. So I yeah. see that. Yeah, I would. I was going to say I'd kind of like a one, a, a, an episode where they're stuck on a planet with sort of non-humanoid aliens, like an alien that's much more animalistic, but for some reason they've got to try and communicate with these animals that basically won't speak any sort of language that they can figure out. I think that'd be, because we don't see that much. It's normally, you know, a human with bumps on their forehead and they've, they've got to work <laughs> out the differences between their cultures and blah, blah, blah. But like, why not have something that's completely alien that they have to, to figure out? I think that'd be a, more of a fun adventure kind of silly episode. That might be quite good. And with the technology we have now, it, it's much more easier to do than back in the day. Okay, I think that is all good. So we are going to say thank you very much, Ellie, for joining us this week. You are lovely. You are mm-hmm. wonderful. Where can people find you and what are you doing in the next life? 
in your next life. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, and I think that's it. Oh, I think I'm on literally all of them. There's so many new ones now. Threads, Blue Sky. I don't post very much on some of them, more than others, but yeah, you just search any little child. What I'm doing um, currently um, is a lot of Doctor Who things because we are very, very fast approaching the 60th anniversary. It's next month. So if you're interested in that, then uh, hop over to Who Culture because we've got a lot coming. That is wonderful and great. Okay, cool. Um, We will have... The next episode of Ups and Downs, of course, will be dropping this week for the next episode of Lower Decks. We will have an episode of Ups and Downs for the very short trips coming. I'm not going to lock us into a day or a time because I have not had that conversation with anyone yet. So I, that one's coming. I might be editing that one. So that won't be a conversation we'll be having at some point soon. I'm not too sure. Woohoo! Um, and then just a reminder as well that as we sob, Get closer toward the end of Lower Decks. Uh, remember, we will be doing retro ups and downs for classic episodes of Star Trek. Um, the polls for that, well, I think we'll be starting soon. We're on episode 7 of 10. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want one less episode of Star Trek, but they missed an obvious joke there, uh, of Lower Decks. So we will start the polls for that soon to gauge interest in which episodes we pick. So I think that's I think that's everything. Um I think I think I've plugged everything. I'm sure I'm, we we will be made aware very quickly if I've missed anything. But thank you, everyone. Remember, follow us on Twitter at Trek Culture on Instagram at Trek Culture YT. Of course, we're on Blue Sky as well. Um, we're on YouTube. Um, obviously, whatever podcast catcher you're on, listeners. If you could take a second and drop a little review of this podcast, because every single review, no matter what the content, makes Tom smile. So that's <laughs> the um, yeah. If, if for some reason my voice makes you want to throw up and throw your laptop out the window, let us know. Let us know down in the <laughs> review comments below. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.